Bienvenidos a nuestro octavo episodio de Watchame Testimonios of Resiliencia. My name is Rosario Dominguez. Y yo soy Nancy Dominguez Pratt. So, I know we haven't posted in a little bit, but we just took a break in September to recharge, uh, kind of think about what we want for this season for our episodes. Uh, but we're back and we're excited. And as you know, in September, we remembered the September 11 attacks for uh, to the Twin Towers in New York City. And that is really the reason uh, of today's podcast. We are talking to someone who saw firsthand uh, what happened that day. Yeah, so we have Frederick Fred here, mi esposo. Frederick was born and raised in the Bronx in New York, and his family is Puerto Rican from Isabela. <laughs> and he's here today because he was, like Rosario said, he witnessed firsthand what happened, and he's kind of going to share his story um, of his experience that day and let us, you know, experience with him firsthand, you know, what went what went down that day. Yeah, and um, something very important to note and why it's important to keep talking about this and keep talking to people who lived it was because this happened 20 years ago, which means a lot of people don't even, didn't, weren't born then, weren't born. were not aware of it happening. So um, it's gonna, might, it might eventually just become a thing that no one lived through it, right? So for those um, who are listening and didn't, weren't at school when it was happening, I want to just kind of give a quick summary of what happened on September 11 with some facts. Um, so it was September 11, 2001, 20 years ago exactly. Uh, so 19 militants associated with the Islamic extremist group Al-Qaeda um, hijacked four airplanes and carried out suicide attacks against targets in the U.S. Two of the planes were flown into the Twin Towers of the World Trade Center in New York City, which is uh, where Freddie was. And a third plane hit the Pentagon in Arlington, Virginia, just outside Washington, D.C. The fourth plane crashed in a field in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. And, I mean, we've seen movies and reports where, like, some of these people tried to, like, um, divert the plane mm -hmm. to, for it not to hit... Right. Um, other critical areas I mean everywhere was critical but um, I think it was strategic where they wanted to get um, so a total of 2,996 people were killed that day um, that includes 343 firefighters and paramedics 23 New York City police officers and 37 Port Authority police officers who were trying to evacuate the buildings So the first airplane hit the North Tower of the World Trade Center at 8.45 a.m., leaving a burning hole near the 80th floor, instantly killing hundreds. As the evacuation of the tower and its twin got underway, television cameras broadcasted live images of what initially appeared to be an accident. Mm -hmm. 18 minutes after, a second plane sliced in the South Tower near the 60th floor, and I think that's um, what you saw, right? The second one. Freddie, so tell us... How old were you? What were you doing that, that day, September 11? Well, th thanks for having me uh, on the show. Um, September uh, is really a tough month. Um, usually when you ask someone or anyone, um, you know, do you remember 9-11? They usually remember, you know, uh, what they were doing, uh, what they were wearing, uh, the ex like the, the, the emotional connection that they had the moment they found out it was an actual attack. Uh, but for me, it's a little different because uh, when someone says, well, what were you doing um, on 9-11? I was at 9-11, right? 
So um, I had just turned 18, uh, got out of high school. Um, I, I was able to enter a job training program to be an arborist. Um, so the first uh, day of training was actually September 11, 2001. So I, I was just uh, 18, you know, trying to get a trade. Um, and I remember uh, getting there early in the morning, getting off the train station and looking up and seeing the towers there and just saying, wow, they're so beautiful. You know, that's, it's amazing how big they are. And even though I lived in New York City, I really didn't visit it much. You know, you just probably pass them by in a car or something. Um, but I remember uh, get, getting our direction from the, the foreman uh, of the training program. And then um, it was towards the beginning of the class, we heard a really loud, um, the, the only way I could um, describe it was a truck hitting a building. Mm -hmm. That's all I kept thinking, like, wow, that was a pretty bad hit. I hope everyone's okay. So um, everything kind of stopped because no one really knew what was what was going on. And then um, one of our uh, classmates told us to look up at um, the tower, mm -hmm. and there was um, black smoke coming out of the windows, and we were clueless at what happened. Um, and we just kept staring at the um, floors as they were, the black smoke kept getting um, into more of the office space, more into the windows, and then the black smoke turned white. And someone started mentioning, oh, the building's uh, ex fire extinguishing uh, system is going to take care of the fire. And I remember once that person said that, uh, someone uh, ran across the field where we were doing the training at and said, hey, a plane hit the building. And that's when it got a little more real for us because we we're like, wow, you know, it's a sunny day, no clouds in the sky. I mean, the towers are pretty impossible to miss, right? Right. So then, um, you know, uh, that, that's when we started uh, trying to ask uh, everyone questions because um, we didn't have, um, like, smartphones or nothing right. like that, you know. <laughs> I, w I was still playing Snake on my cell phone, and that, I thought that was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. um, but then I remember uh, everyone just kind of standing around in shock because uh, little by little more news came out that it was actually a plane, and all of a sudden there's more planes that are, you know, aren't responding so we're you know just kind of figuring out like what's really going on and most people were still trying to be positive saying uh, oh it must have been an accident yeah. so i remember uh, we had moved in battery park which is only like five blocks away from where the towers were um and we were staring at the building as every other person uh, in the area was and i remember hearing a loud rumble and then a shadow and when i looked up it was a second plane going right over my head into the, the other tower wow. and it's funny how um, everyone reacts different to trauma because when the plane disappears um, into the tower i didn't hear an, ex an explosion mm -hmm. i basically just my brain just focused on the uh, noise of the shattering glass right. and once that happened um, I, I knew we were in trouble. Mm. What were your first thoughts when you saw that? You're like there for a training mm -hmm. and you're trying to get your first year job and then this is your city, right? You grew up in the city. Right. Um, what were your first thoughts when you saw that happening? Um, well, I was born and raised in the church, so the first thing I thought was, oh my God, please help us, yeah. right? Because it it was uh, surreal. Mm -hmm. It was like um, you're, you're there, uh, front row seats to a movie, 
But the only uh, bad part is that you're you're in the movie. <laughs> yeah. There's no pause button, right? Yeah. So then, um, I, I mean, I, I was just scared, but uh, I was born in the Bronx. So um, one thing that people who are born in the Bronx have uh, is that we have, um, it's not uh, a lack of fear, it's the respect of fear and how to react to it. So I knew the first thing um, that, that was my reaction wasn't to run or, or to, to cry or nothing like that, is I want to help. You know, that, that was basically my first reaction. What can I do um, to help in the situation? Um, that's what I was thinking. So um, we know from talking to you that you kind of served as a first responder, right, to that. So can you tell us a little bit about what exactly you did and, and how long um, that experience of, like you said, you felt an impulse to go and help. Like what happened? How did you actually help? Right, so um, our our foreman, um, he he recently passed away. His name was Joseph Bernardo. Um, he was a retired veteran. So this guy had you know steel in, in his veins. Mm. He said, um, "Hey guys, we have to protect the women and children and everyone that didn't run away, right? Because some of our group uh, they panicked and they left. The group that did stay, uh, we put on our hard hats, our safety goggles, our masks." Um, and we had gloves on because of the training, we had access to that PPE. Uh, so we put that on and then we started just helping the women and children that, you know, they didn't have anyone to, you know, run to or, you know, they were scared. So we kind of just kept telling them to come where we were um, towards the uh, south end of Battery Park. And that's when we noticed a lot of smoke shooting up out of one of the towers and then the tower falls. Mm-hmm. I just remember hearing everyone screaming yelling and then uh you seeing the tower fall disappearing and then the cloud of dust so once that first cloud of dust hit us uh, a lot more people started gravitating towards us because we did have water we did have you know face masks we did have um goggles and we were pushing guys away because joe bernardo said we only are here to help the women and children Mm -hmm. so then I remember uh, it was a little bit of time, and we're trying to sort ourselves out. Everything's covered with dust. Um, The second tower starts to fall. And I remember seeing the second tower fall, um, and then the second cloud of dust hitting us. And the moment it overtook us again, I could hear Joe saying, hey, guys, uh, we have to go help the boys. And what does that mean? Well, we were in Battery Park with our group, Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of first responders was pouring in from everywhere. Uh, from everywhere in New York City, everywhere uh, f- uh, from New Jersey, everyone wanted to come to help. So um, Joe, you know, with the mentality he had, he knew that um, all the people there who were first responders, now they needed first responders. So by the time the second cloud overtook us, Joe had mentioned we had to go help the boys. Me and a group of um, uh, of the job training program, we started running towards it, right? Um, it, it takes an act or a certain um, event in your life to really tell, uh, really act that, uh, as a mirror to see who you really are. And I knew at that point that, you know, I, I wasn't someone who's going to be meek or someone who's going to shy away from confrontation. Uh, me and four or five other guys, we ran towards uh, the site. Um, we ran so fast. Uh, we got there in such a hurry with the expectation uh, to help uh, the boys, right? All the first responders that were there, 
um, the male and female responders that, uh, you know, FDNY, NYPD, uh, the EMS, um, I mean, basically everyone, Port Authority, everyone was there. Uh, we, we were um, there so quickly that the paper was still falling from the second tower. Um, everything was cloudy. Uh, everyone was covered head to toe in uh, dust, which later on we found out was um, highly concentrated uh, forms of asbestos, um, just tons of other stuff, even the benzene from the jet fuel. Uh, which actually is a cancer-causing agent as well, just everywhere in the air. Um, and I remember uh, running, running uh, towards it, um, and the closer we got, the scarier it was because you couldn't see much. And then after about 10 feet in front of you, you start seeing shapes of coming towards you, and those people who had just left. Um, the first person uh, that we met was actually a firefighter who was frozen solid and um, Matt Cahill, he was actually uh, the, the one who was in charge of the training program. Um, he grabbed him and shook him a little bit and said, are you okay? And he says, I just ran out of the towers. Um, when I ran out, I looked back and one of my brothers, meaning one of his fellow firefighters got pinned against oh. the door because everyone was in a mad rush to leave. Mm -hmm. And he said when he looked back, um, his first thought was, I go back and save him or I, I run and see my family again. And he ran. Mm. And uh, no, no one could judge him. You know, mm. uh, at that moment, split-second decision, um, I mean, he, he saved his own life, basically. Mm. Uh, but we uh, kind of shook him and woke him up. And the first thing this man does, after seeing the most uh, traumatizing event uh, of his lifetime, he puts on his helmet and runs back in with us. Mm. So once we get there... Uh, right before we got uh, right to where the trade center was, uh, it was an eerie silence. It's because we heard the sound of jets. Mm -hmm. And we all looked at each other and we all kind of thought the same thing without saying anything. Uh, it's another plane. Yeah. But um, the jet flew, uh, the plane flew over and someone said, hey, that's one of ours, one of ours. And we all started clapping because we were just happy that it was another plane that was going to, you know, um, hit something. So uh, when we got to the uh, site, um, just fire, um, uh, dust everywhere. And well, the closer we got, you start seeing things moving on the floor. And when you start grabbing those things, there were people. Oh, wow. So we were helping some of those people up. And I couldn't tell you if it was a civilian, if it was a first responder, because mm -hmm. literally uh, everything was covered in dust. So um, th that, that was uh, the beginning of it. So um, after a while, more people, uh, more first responders, more everybody uh, came to help. Um, I didn't have to do stuff like lift people up anymore. It was more of a just support role. Uh, one of the first things uh, we did was with the guidance of an NYPD officer. We actually broke into stores to find the first responders that stood there, water, um, eye contact solution, any kind of packaged food, mm -hmm. uh, because everyone knew that it was going to be a long day. Mm. So for, uh, I, w I got there at 6.30 in the morning. The event happened after 9. Um, and I uh, stood there helping uh, first on the site, uh, and then um, afterwards when more first responders came, um, I was just with the Red Cross just handing out food and water. But I was there until uh, about 9.30 at night. Wow. And we know that, like, from hearing the news reports and all that, that um, all the subways were closed, yep. all the, everything closed, everything shut down in New York, right? 
So how did you get home that day? And you couldn't com- You said you, like you you couldn't communicate with your mom either. Yeah. How did you get home, and what was your family's reaction to seeing you? Because they knew you were in Battery Park, right? So. It, it was a it was tough because there was no subways, um, no cell phone service, mm-hmm. um, and the only way out was actually because the bridges were closed as well. Because no one knew was there going to be a second attack, a third yeah. attack. Who knows? So. Um, it was 9.30 at night. There was not much that I could do anymore because I wasn't trained. You know, I'm not a firefighter, EMS worker. So then they said, anyone who wants to go home, um, here we have a ferry that's going to take you from Battery Park all the way up to Penn Station, which is uh, uh, around 32nd Street, 33rd Street in Manhattan. So from there, the ferry took us. And then I got on the train and went home. So it was working by that time, the train? I, uh, on that part of the island, oh, okay. yeah. yeah. And what was your mom's reaction or your uh, dad's reaction when you got home? Well, I remember getting on the train and looking around and just seeing how people were still living their normal lives. Mm. You know, people were still out drinking, still wow. uh, eating at restaurants. I remember they were sitting on the sidewalks as if nothing happened. And I'm here covered head to toe in asbestos or God mm. knows what. Shocked, right, about what just happened. Mm. And they were like nothing. Oh, that was their coping mechanism, right, yeah. to the trauma. So I got on the train. I remember just thinking, um, I'm so tired that I I can't even focus. I can't even think about anything. And when I got home, <clears throat> my mom was just happy that I was alive. And I remember just telling her, uh, Mom, I, I don't want to talk about it. I just want to shower and go to sleep. Yeah. That's that's all I was thinking. So uh, we've heard you talk about like asbestos and like um, dust when you were there. So I know in recent years, we've been seeing reports of people continually dying from effects of that. Um, I know you've heard about this often. Um, You're probably knowledgeable about that and maybe know people that have died. Um, Are there, has there been anyone close to you that has uh, died due to this exposure of asbestos? Well, when when people think about 9-11, you normally think about, you know, the crew and the passengers of the plane or the people that died in the towers but in reality um, that uh, tragedy affected almost 400,000 people who not only lived in the area but the other first responders and construction crews that were part of the cleanup as well so the big uh, statement that's said about the people who either were there during the attack or were there during the cleanup is that not if you're gonna get sick, it's um, when you're gonna get sick. Mm. So the longer um, uh, you have without getting anything is the higher your chances are of uh, getting some form of cancer or many people are undiagnosed with a PTSD. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for myself, I had something that's uh, called survivor's guilt. Mm-hmm. And I always um, kind of growing up saying, man, why, why do I always have this um, need to be there for people and never give up. And part of it was because the guilt that I had about uh, not actually going back to help. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I wasn't trained. I was 18. I mean, wh- what could I have done uh, to do anything different that was there? The people that were there were trained professionals. Um, so I lived with that for a long time. Um, just uh, well, the what ifs, you know, but I thank God that I grew up in church and I, I really didn't focus too much on the wildest. Um, you know, I, I just focused more on, you know, today and uh, how, how can I 
uh, do right today, you know, not worry about yesterday or tomorrow, but mm-hmm. just just living the uh, a right life today. Yeah, and um, and I, I like you said, mm-hmm. he said like everyone remembers. I remember I was in school, and, mm-hmm. and back in the day, we used to have TVs in every like those huge TVs yeah. in every classroom. Mm-hmm. And I remember the teacher letting us see watch it. So we were watching the news about the first, um, the first plane hitting, plane and then hitting. we we saw the second yeah. plane on TV. And we were like, whoa. And I, I think they even, my mom might have picked this up early that day because people were scared about the Sears Tower. Oh, yeah, in Chicago. So I remember, like, my mom was, like, really, really scared. And I just remember that. Like, I remember that day specifically. Like, not not exactly everything, but I do remember seeing that. I'm like, what is, yeah. was this, some, like, a movie? But obviously we were not there, right? But I think something that, although, you know, we want to honor, we honor the lives of the first responders and the people who died that were mm-hmm. victims of that 9-11 attack, there was also we we did experience the aftermath here right like mm-hmm. seeing that the racism and the attack towards the muslim community here in the u.s yeah right? they like came I remember, after mm-hmm. yeah they came after that i'm not sure how that was in, in in you know in the context of new york i'm assuming that it was even maybe stronger but mm-hmm. i i remember here like um you know um seeing seeing on tv like you know like things that were just not right right like we like as a country like we wanted to kind of um curar esa pena like attacking that community which was yeah. really unfair right and i think that even till today mm-hmm. there's th- that still exists right yeah and, and i think it was also ignorance like um i had never i I mean, I was young. My world was Mexican. I was living, we were living in a little village, so all around us was Mexican. So it's also ignorance of not knowing other cultures and, and believing that... The media. <laughs> believing that, like, oh, um, it was the Arabes that did it, then they all must be evil. Like, yeah. that's kind of what you, what you grew up thinking, but then you realize, no, no that's not yeah. it. And, yeah, there was a lot of racism um, happening, so... And I think it's still on today, you know. So we thought it was really important um, that if when we talked about this, um, that we did mention that, that the aftermath of that, like we were hurt, you know, physically, and there was a lot of trauma there. But instead of us, and then there was a moment where, like, there was a lot of unity in the nation, like, you know, it was the same sentiment. But um, I think that something that was beautiful lasted a bit with each other but then it turned into like hate towards a group right so and then obviously started other wars you know um so we just thought yeah Yeah, so so it's a long long story but we thought it was uh good to mention that important that that and there's still racism now but i think it was a moment where it was super like escalated during that time so yeah yeah and that they they change our like our lives forever like even yeah. in the airports like i don't know if you remember before we would like travel and like you just kind of went in and yeah. like everything yeah. completely changed right from yeah. that day on and um but we wanted to thank you so much for sharing that yes. that story with us mm-hmm. um that we can you know document and share with others and you know just yeah. hearing it from someone who was there it's different Mm-hmm. than watching those I could re- I, I was like picturing it I was like yeah. oh my god I was like feeling scared <laughs> I was like feeling like I remember that day I was in third grade and that day feeling fear of like that unsafeness right yeah. like oh like my mom can't protect me from right. this right it's like something that uh, out of our hands 
So I remember being scared, and, and even in school, I don't know why they let us watch it as third graders. I, I still don't understand <laughs> But I think the teachers were just, like, also Trying to like, figure out what's going what on. going on, and we were allowed to sometimes yeah. watch, you know, TV, the news yeah. or something. So, yeah, I remember... Yeah. yeah, I remember being, like, I don't know if it was fifth or sixth grade, but, like, seeing the, the second plane hit, and mm-hmm. we were like, is this a movie? Like, is, Yeah, And I then I remember, confused. like, later on, we saw, like, uh, that, you know, President Bush was, like reading to like other i don't know i just remember like little yeah. memories from that he was somewhere reading to little kids and we were still watching like yeah i think the entire that day that tv was on in school i don't yeah, know yeah so until we left yeah i feel like that that um feeling of fear of oh we can we could get attacked any moment didn't leave for a few years because i'm like when when can it happen again right. or like because it's just surreal like yeah just, you just never thought the u.s the u.s could yeah. get you know hurt like that but yeah Thank you so much once again yeah. for sharing your story. If yes. anyone has any questions about Fur Freddy, you can you know post them on our um, Instagram account, and we'll definitely share them with him. Yes. Um, but yeah, thank so, you so much. Talking about social media accounts, remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel, give it a follow, follow us on Instagram, um, on Facebook, and you can follow us on our personal accounts as well. It'll be on the description box on YouTube. If you're listening on Spotify, you could watch us on YouTube as well. And if you're on YouTube, you can listen to us on Spotify when you're driving, when you're doing chores, etc. So we'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye. Bye.